In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today we celebrate the ever-Virgin Mary's entry into the temple and even into the Holy of Holies itself. That place that was built to house the living God. A home built to the specifications of God himself. This temple was the meeting point where God came and dwelt among his people. That's where a little girl walked in and was escorted in. So today I want to talk about the importance of that place, the Holy of Holies that she entered. Because that place experienced a transition. Not in this feast exactly, but we'll get there. The Holy of Holies was not just important as a place to unite a certain people under a mythos or a ritual. Any religion that's worth the trouble is able to do that sort of work. This place was a place where his people, the people of God, knew the presence of the Most High God dwelt. It was from this place that he kept them and communed with them. It is in this earthly temple of stone, filled with fabrics, precious metals, gemstones, oil, fire, a table with bread upon it, and in its center, the Holy of Holies, and in that place, an ark containing the symbols of the promised faithfulness of God to his people, tablets of the commandments contained inside, manna and the rod that budded. It is this place, the Holy of Holies, that all the people of God bent their lives and turned toward to meet their God. Each item in the temple was dedicated to God. Its purpose was chiefly to be the home of God, a home he desired and which he would make his own and be with his people. It is God himself who taught his people how to make this home, and he prepared his people to commune with him. Each item in God's house he instructed to be put there. He told Moses how to make this house and what was needed to be there in order for it to make it his home. And a home is a place where you are with other people. The place, this became the place where his children, God's children, would come and meet him. What we have heard in the epistle to the Hebrews is speaking of this holy of holies and of the temple. The priests of the old covenant knew that God's home, knew of God's home, and they knew that their close contact with him and even just this required a preparation, a purification of that priest before entering. The Holy of Holies was the most sacred place on earth. For a time, it was only found in one location on the whole globe. It was in Jerusalem, in a high place. Yet, as we Christians know today, God does not solely dwell in one location. The location of God, if we can call it that at all, is the place where God interacts with his people. That place experienced a transition and a multiplication, the beginning of which we begin to remember today. So today we celebrate the entry of the ever-Virgin Mary into that temple. That experience, that experience is remembered, and we thank God for it. God always desires to unite with his creatures. Yet, he kind of runs into what we can call a divine problem. 
He wants us to give ourselves wholly and voluntarily to this unity, to be drawn close to him. For this is what he desires. But we don't always desire it. We don't always want to prepare to meet him because that contact could threaten our very lives. We need him to become complete, but God will not force this communion of unity with him on us because he loves us. For a time, the temple of the Old Covenant was good, and it allowed us to keep that connection to our God. But it did not heal us. It did not fully purify us. All men did not have contact with God directly. Only the high priest had that, and only at once a year, and only for a very brief time. It was temporary, only a stopgap solution in need of completion and perfection at the proper time. God sought to fix that divine problem for all eternity by joining his divine nature to humanity. But he needed the participation of humanity. The person of the Son of God needed a human being who was ready to receive him. He re needed a person ready to become the Holy of Holies. A person so pure they were ready to contain the uncontainable God and make that contact between humanity and God permanent, healing that rift between us. So God prepared his people to produce such a person. This person is the ever-Virgin Mary who became the mother of God in the flesh. St. Gregory Palamas teaches us with his homily on this feast the prime importance of the ever-Virgin Mary to the gospel of our salvation. He says, Precise justice demanded that the same human nature which had been willingly enslaved and defeated must fight to win back victory and rid itself of voluntary servitude. For this reason, it was God's good pleasure to assume our nature from us, uniting it mysteriously with his person. His sublime purity beyond our understanding could not, however, become one with defiled human nature. And this is the important part. Only this is impossible for God, to be joined in union with something impure before it has been cleansed. A completely undefiled and most pure virgin was needed to carry in her womb and give birth to the lover and giver of purity. This virgin was marked out beforehand, brought to perfection and revealed, and the mystery concerning her was fulfilled by many wonderful happenings from various times in the past, converging into one. These are St. Gregory's words. So what he is telling us is that, that most splendid happening that converged into one is that at the coming of the flesh, in the flesh of the Son of God, Mary, a human woman, became the Holy of Holies when she bore him in her womb. She became the Theotokos, the birth giver of God himself. God prepared a remnant of his people that she may be born as the purest offering humanity was able to give, and she may become the living temple for himself. She was God's work. And today we celebrate the coming of that little girl, the most pure child born from a man and woman to have ever lived, entering the holy of holies made of stone and separated out by fabric, who would become, she who would become the living of holy of holies entered there. 
Her childish act on this day prophesied the greatness of what we prepare to celebrate by our nativity fasting season that we are currently in, the birth of our Lord. Christ has come to redeem us. The God of all has prepared a new home for himself, and that home resides within humanity. The first and greatest, the one who made this unity possible, is the most pure offering of her parents, Joachim and Anna, who lived righteous, chaste, pure lives, and God rewarded them with their daughter, the ever-Virgin Mary the Theotoko. She was given to them because they would care for her, who would be the girl with every virtue. This is what St. Gregory calls her, the girl with every virtue, and who lived a life of supreme chastity and prayer and asceticism, meaning that she gave her whole self to God. So the Theotokos became the Holy of Holies because she is a living being who remained pure for her whole life. And she is and was entirely open to God's will. Returning to Holy Gregory and his words about her, he says, God was not just born among men, but born of a holy and pure virgin, or more precisely, of this exceeding pure and most holy virgin, who was not only above any physical stain, but also far beyond the reach of any defiled carnal thoughts. Having utterly banished such desire by prayer and spiritual joy, she conceived and gave birth by her words. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. In order that there would be a virgin equal to this task, to be able to say those words, God preordained this ever virgin maid and who we extol today, chose her from among all of his people down through the ages. St. Gregory is pointing us to the purity and singular desire for God as the reason that the Son of God was able to make a home within the ever-Virgin Mary. She is the pinnacle of human willingness to obey God. She desires only all that is good and beautiful and is the will of God. Even when it seems impossible for a virgin to give birth, how could this be? But she says, let it be according to your word. Everything about the Theotokos' life is a voluntary, humble, and unfailing yes to God. She demonstrates this for us in this feast. As a little girl, her mother and father, they bring her to the temple to be raised and dedicate her to God. And what did she do? She walked freely up those steps to the temple and even into that inner sanctum, the Holy of Holies, escorted by the priest Zacharias, who is the father of John the Baptist, into the place of God where the ark dwelt. She who entered there later became even greater than that temple of stone. We heard in the gospel a woman's praise of Jesus' mother. She says, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that nursed you. The Lord's reply to that woman is not to tell her she is wrong for saying these words. If you hear Christ's words correctly, you hear him amplifying the praise which this woman gives to his mother. He says, yes, truly, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Mary, our Lord and God's mother, deserved the praise of this woman because Mary heard God's word and gave her assent continually to God's will. The Theotokos kept God's words and she pondered them. 
in her heart for her entire life. And she continues to do so for us in heaven. And she intercedes and prays for us and prays for all of her son's children. Her birth giving to the word of God placed her above every created thing. And at the same time, her yes to God at the Annunciation, which made her that living holy of holies, brought God within the reach of all. The virgin birth of Jesus is not just a mere biographical fact of her motherhood, kept in memory through songs as holy writ, something that is a simple aside in the gospel story, or a tangent issue of Christological dogma, which professors debate. No, her motherhood of the God-man Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, is an integral part of, our, of your salvation, of each and every one of your salvation. Without it, the gospel message is wounded and weak, and we descend again to a mere temporary or surface-level solution, as though the restoration of humanity did not occur, and we're still caught in the Old Covenant. God prepared her and chose her to be fundamentally united to humanity and offers that complete union to us when he made the young, virginal, and pure woman his mother. If we ignore the mother of our Lord, then we scorn the work of God and cut ourselves off from the abundant blessing that we have to have her as our mother. All that has been said about the Theotokos and who she is so often is out of our reach to even grasp who she was and how pure she was. Truly, she was unique among humanity. And who she is is not who we will be. She is the only one to carry the Son of God in her womb, who is the Son of God that took flesh from her. That's only her experience. However, what we can learn from her and how we can follow her is to have the same ideal, the same goal to strive for and to bring into our own life. We need also to give our own yes to God in all the areas of our life. We have not, if we have not been pure from our birth, but we seek God's forgiveness, we can become pure. We can go through, through confession and living out the spiritual life given to us in Jesus Christ's church, making steps toward accomplishing that union with God in our hearts. We don't have the ability to become the Theotokos. It's for her alone. But we can become like that other Mary that we heard in the Gospel, who sat at Christ's feet. We, through the humbling acts of repentance, regular confession, seeking the guidance of the Church, sit at the feet of Jesus Christ. How often do we not do this, though, and how often do we have the thought in our head of, I think this is best, and not, may it be according to your word. We live the life of Martha, and not Mary, a life of distraction and busyness. Maybe we do, what we do is helpful and hospitable, but those things have taken over our life. That way of life has made it extremely difficult if we adopt it, to listen to the Lord. And perhaps you may even take up Martha's command to God, telling the Lord what other people, what he should make those other people do. But this attitude will not give you any spiritual benefit. 
This is why the God-man praised and honored Mary who sat at his feet and corrected Martha. We need to be like Mary, the Theotokos, and Mary of Bethany, who sat and listened and trusted the words of the Lord. We need to keep and ponder on the words of the Lord. This is the real meaning of prayer and asceticism, which St. Gregory had earlier praised the Theotokos for. It is the wiping away of what keeps us from hearing God and saying, yes, Lord, let it be according to your word. It is the wiping away of our ego and of our pride. If we do this, brothers and sisters, then the words of Christ responding to that woman that shouted, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast which nursed you, will become your blessing. Our Lord's blessing became yours because by these actions you have heard the word of God and kept it. When you say this, you will have that same blessing that Christ proclaimed over all when he amplified that woman's words. Dear ones, this time in this season, let us prepare ourselves to meet God. We must purify ourselves of all the distracting, worldly, and fleshly sins and passions to allow God to enter us. As he entered into the Holy of Holies of old, and the priests purified themselves before entering that most sacred space, just as the Theotokos holy dedicated herself to and unfailingly accepted God's will, even as a little child. Each and every Christian is called to follow this path to be purified, come in contact, and commune in unity with God. Enter this process and way of life. Wherever you fall short of the purity of the Theotokos, and we all do, this is an inevitability. Make the effort to turn and set yourself aright, to put in order the home that you have within you for God. That this reason this is the reason he became the son of the ever-Virgin Mary. This is what he desires, to live within you and to make you whole, healed, and united to himself. That he may enter into that inner sanctum of your heart and there have direct contact with you. This is the purpose of life, and this is the reality of the salvation we are preparing to celebrate in the birth, approaching birth of our Lord. So let us be encouraged. He opens the way, he purifies, he enters, and he heals. If only we give our yes to his words and then follow him. Glory to Jesus Christ and the salvation that he has won. May the most holy Theotokos protect us and save us. Amen. <laughs>